Welcome everybody to this brand new series of podcasts that we're doing. We've now finished Christianity A to Z, our big series in Bible doctrines, and you can now catch up with all of those on our YouTube channel and on podcast channels. And we are beginning a new series today, and we're going to be looking at animals of the Bible. Uh, The Bible is packed full of animals and uh, we're going to have lots of fun with this series but more than that we're going to also see what these different animals teach us about the God who made them and also the lessons that they have for us to learn. So in this first episode we're going to be thinking a bit more generally about the way in which God reveals himself and then we're going to be thinking today about the ant and what we can learn from the ant. I'm here again with Ben Reed and Pete Woodcock. We are all pastors of the church, and my name is Tom Sweetman. And uh, this is just one of the things that we produce. There are lots of other resources you can find on our website, cornerstonechurchkingston.org. And as I said earlier, our podcast channels, our YouTube channels. Uh, so here we are. This is the first of our new series, Animals. Yeah. And uh, we're going to start a bit more generally, aren't we, with Psalm 19? Psalm 19, yeah. Um, it says for the director of music, a Psalm of David. Um, so presumably this was a song that people were to learn. And what, what you've got here is, is, is two revelations, really. God revealing himself in two ways. And the first half is what is often called general revelation. It's the revelation in the world. Mm-hmm. So in other words, like an artist... Uh, you know, you can look at a painting and say, oh, that's a Picasso or something. He gives away his 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 character. Mm. Then, then obviously in the art of God, in the creation of God, we're seeing something of who God is. Um, and then the second half is what is often called um, particular or special revelation. In other words, God... Um, Uh, speaks into the world we don't have to guess about the world we can see things generally in general revelation but we could go easily wrong there couldn't we yeah um so you 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 have um special revelation where he speaks his word and tells us uh what is going on and so uh let me read the first bit so psalm 19 uh after the introduction uh we get in the heavens and that's talking about the, the sky, you know, um, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world, In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. So there's the first half, that sort of general revelation that Mm. he's saying God reveals himself. Mm. That's such a wonderful, there's just such wonderful poetry there, isn't there? Like trying to describe the sun as a, a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, just mm. delighted. Like every day is just a beautiful, joyful thing. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's really. It's and it's really majestic, pretty. isn't it? It's a majestic <clears throat> description. You know, this isn't just the result of an accident or a, a fortuitous explosion. This is something mm. that has been designed, it's something that has purpose, it, there's a majesty to it, mm. it gives warmth to the earth. 
And um, this is this is an amazing section of the Bible because God is telling us here that we live inside a sermon, don't we? To, to mm. live in this earth is to be being preached at constantly. And even though the natural world around us uses no words, uh, just look, you know, it proclaims, it declares, it reveals, it says. Um, so everywhere we look, as we look at the natural world around us, we can tell an awful lot about God mm. just from the works of His hands. Mm. He's uh, glorious, uh, and you're yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It, it, it's it's just bursting forth, isn't it? It's a bit like those. I don't know. Whether, well, we, I know you have uh, seen uh, Tom seen those um, tag preachers that you get mm. in sort of America. They're a bit mm. strange, where you know one preacher is going and then he hands on to the other preacher and he goes. And that's what you've got here. You know, day forth forth speech then hands over to night and they pour <laughs> forth speech and hands over to the stars and then over to the sun and and they're they're just glorying in god they're mm. all showing us um the spectacular uh, creative ability and glory of god mm. and you can't get away from that and so um uh, as we look at and i think this is one of the reasons i i, I do the, the, these 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 nature programs it's quite interesting, isn't it? That mm. they they constantly are denying God. Mm. They're constantly saying it's um, you know just e some kind of evolutionary process. But even in their constant denying of God, they mm. can't help but use words like creation mm. and glorious mm. and you know things like designed. that and designed yeah. and yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so so there's this speech going on. So yeah. we are meant to then. As people look at the world and and learn things, mm -hmm. and, and and this goes around the world. So I think this is one of the things. I remember people asking, you know, what about people in Papua New Guinea that mm. worship a crocodile? Mm. Uh, is it their fault? And the answer is, yeah. There is no evidence just by looking at the world that a crocodile made the world, <laughs> is there? I mean, it's just it's just silly, yeah. isn't it? Um, and so it's a that's that's. The interesting thing is that even they have an understanding that something made the world. Yes. So that's what they've got right. Yeah. They've just got the wrong thing that yeah. made it. Yeah. So so even people in Papua New Guinea have a sense within them that there was an origin to this. Yeah. And that there's a purpose to this. And that something somewhere is worth worshipping because of this. Mm. Uh, but they've just got a crocodile instead yeah. of God. Yeah. Yeah, and he says here in Psalm 19, doesn't he, that this knowledge extends to the very ends of the earth and that every person, no matter where they are, in what country they happen to be living, can tell a significant amount mm. about God yeah. just from the world that he has made. And that applies whether you live in inner city New York or in Papua New Guinea in the rainforests. And and I think I think they we can tell just through natural revelation a lot more than, mm. than we might think. Mm. So um, this is the argument that Paul makes in Romans one, and he says, since the creation of um, the world, God's invisible qualities, what are they? His eternal power and divine nature. So we can tell from creation that there is an eternal God who lives forever. Mm. In other words, he's not finite and temporary like the things he's made. He doesn't decay, grow old, run out. He lives forever. He's different from his creation. He's eternally powerful. Mm. In other words, we can see that it takes great power and thought. I mean, to make the universe <laughs> is a very powerful thing to do. 
and divine nature. And this is why the crocodile doesn't work mm. because he says we can see from creation that something other has yeah. made this, something other than the creation, something divine has yeah. done this. Um, and so that that's what we can all see. And the way Paul then takes that is to say, you either submit to what you know or you suppress what you know. Mm. You either suppress it and say, no, I'm going to make myself the center. I'm the eternal one. I'm the powerful one. I'm the divine one. I'm not going to listen to what I can see or mm. I submit to trying to find out about this great God who's who's made the world. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and that word suppress, I hope we're not going off the subject, but that word suppress there in Romans 1 is really holding down. Mm. It's physically um, putting energy in to, to stop listening. Mm. And maybe that's why we have so many wonderful nature programs and <laughs> beautifully filmed, staggering you know, uh, sort of David Attenborough stuff, isn't mm. it? And the camera work that goes with it. Um, maybe that's why we have so many of those programs, just tell, just sort of denying God mm. in, in this. Um, I, I, I had a friend who was an atheist and um, uh, was in, fancied a girl who went to church and she said, oh, I'm not interested in you unless you come to church. He came to church, he heard a sermon, he hated it. <laughs> he absolutely hated it, that the message, that he was a sinner and he needed Christ. He was so angry. He walked out on the girl, walked home, and um, he uh, turned the telly on and it, it was songs of praise. And he was furious. <laughs> he, he booted the telly <laughs> and then turned it over and for some reason, the sound wasn't working, and he, he it was a David Attenborough program, Life on Earth. Mm. Mm. And he saw all this, but mm. didn't have the, the interpretive soundtrack. Right, because he booted it, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and he saw that it must be a god. Yeah. This is designed. Yeah. And he fell down on his knees and became a Christian. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Amazing. And, and that's because he was listening, he was tuning into the words of, the, the soundless words of, Creation, reality, yeah. not the words of mankind over on top of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And of course, into that, just to say one last thing on that, that the this is where animals fit in, isn't it? Because it's not that um, it's not that you can only tell there is a god by looking at an incredible sunset or an ocean scape. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just by look, going into our gardens or out into the park and looking at a snail or an ant or a bird, just to properly consider and study the mm. kind of creatures that live all around us just trying to um look at it the design of it the complexity of it uh, is breathtaking isn't it uh, the trouble is mm. we don't often have open eyes to the things that are all around us but these little animals that mm. we're surrounded by uh, reveal so much to us as do other humans mm. i mean often you know we think ah, oh, the only way you can really connect <laughs> with god in nature is seeing the stars mm. um, but just look at your neighbors the people who live all around you, because humans are the pinnacle of God's mm. natural revelation in a sense, aren't they? We can yeah. tell, you know, so much just by who yeah. we're with. Well, we're, um, yeah, we're sort of both. We we have the words of God and also the human uh, nature. So we're sort of both, we can be both kinds of revelation mm -hmm. at once, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so um, we're told in the in the special revelation, because Psalms is, a special, is, is, is the, the written word of God, mm -hmm. Um, to look at the world, mm. so we're we're unwise and we're actually ungodly not to look at the world. You know, sometimes you get people who say, "Oh, I just want to read the Bible," but the Bible's telling us to look at the world. Yeah, and then you've got this second half, which just re reinforces that, which um, is the 
the particular revelation. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure and enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. And we, we could go on, mm. like mm. pure gold and all of that, it carries on. Um, but the point there is that this is the inscripturated word of God. Mm. And so what we've got here, and this is what we're trying to do in this series, is say we need to to take the special revelation, the law of God, the word of God, which is a joyful thing. I mean, you know, it's hard not to say that. It revives the soul. It's, it's not some dreary load of laws about what you can't do in a local park. Mm. Um, this yep. is stuff that revives us because yes. it's the very word of God energizing us. Mm. But that word tells us uh, to look at uh, the the general revelation, mm-hmm. learn from things, and then it also tells us what we can learn. Yes. Yeah. There's yeah. such a dovetail going on as well because the, the language that the special word revelation from God, the language that he uses, is always wrapped up with creation language. So even in what we've just read, we've talked about light and radiant and that's a created thing. So we're now thinking about the sun again. Mm. And he's using that as a picture to explain Describe his, his word. word. And then yeah. he's talking about sweeter than honey and yeah. more than pure gold. So God is, is <clears throat> he's, these two sort of types of revelation are so intertwined. Mm-hmm. And um, he uses uh, natural revelation or um, general revelation in his special revelation. Mm. Uh, he, yeah, and he doesn't speak to us just mathematically or philosophically, but um, yeah, he, he's he's intertwining these two types together. So there is one danger, isn't there? Um, and that's why we have to have the special revelation, the Word of God. Mm. Is that if I just go off without the Word of God and just look at the world, I shouldn't come out that a crocodile made the world, but I could look at an animal that has more than one wife you know like birds very often um will um Hmm. you know impregnate or you know that's not quite the word but uh, with with a female bird Hmm. then go to another bird another bird and if if i'm not going through the interpretation of the scripture i could say oh all right (laughs) that's you know that's what birds are for isn't it you know i could follow that um uh, or you know the penguin often doesn't quite know what sex it is, mm. uh, and therefore I could. So we've got to be careful. Mm. We need the particular revelation mm. to help us interpret the general revelation. Mm. Jesus says that himself, doesn't he? When he's talking to Satan, he says, "Man cannot live off bread alone." So, in a sense, can't live off just natural things. Yeah, we need every word from the mouth of God. Yeah, so we need both of these things together. Yeah, brilliant. So those are some really good foundational points for this whole series. Um, The special revelation, the word of God, tells us that there is lots to learn from the natural revelation, from the world that God has made, and from the animals that he has made. And uh, we're going to look at the first of those animals now, and uh, it's in Proverbs chapter 6, in verse 6, and I think we'll look at another verse from the end of Proverbs as well, and this is the ant, this is the ant. So here we are in Proverbs 6, and and at the moment, the, the, the father... Uh, who's been talking to the son, talking to his children about the wise life, um, moves on to address the sluggard in verse 6. 
when the sluggard is synonymous with the fool or the scoffer, as somebody who isn't listening to God's word, is not pursuing God's ways, doesn't have the heart to find out the truth. And, uh, and so this sluggard is commanded to go to the ant, to humble himself and to learn some lessons from the natural revelation. And uh, here's how it's put in verse six. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, and yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. Go to the ant, you sluggard, he says. So uh, what are we to learn then from the ant, from this tiny little part of God's massive natural revelation? Tiny ant, we've probably got them in all of our gardens, definitely in our parks. We can see them within 10 minutes of where we are. Uh, what can we learn from them? I mean, the, the ant is, a, is an amazing, amazing thing. Uh, so easily... Because a lot of its activity is, they're obviously very small and a lot of their activity is underground. They've got these incredible networks. Uh, they've built these like cities. Um, sometimes, I was, I was researching uh, just earlier today, the, the, their colonies and their sort of underground lairs and uh, chasms stretch for hundreds of miles sometimes. Wow. They're, un they're unbelievable um, ants. And... Um, I mean, as it says here, that there's no commander or overseer. So, mm. one thing we can we can learn from them is um, they're incredibly organised, uh, but yet there's no there's no slave driver cracking a whip. They all know their place. They all know exactly what their job is, and there's <laughs> there's none of them taking a break. You don't see little uh, spars in their colony networks. It's just like little ant spars. Um, they they know their job. And they get on with it. And I guess, <laughs> guess they're quite happy getting on with it. Um, yeah, I think that's right. They have no commander or overseer, and yet they go about their work. Hmm. And when you read through the rest of Proverbs, this is one of the things that make this, makes the sluggard so frustrating, uh, is that they need this constant encouragement hmm. to do what they ought to be doing. Uh, you know, they're not out of bed in the morning. They're not doing what their nature requires them to do. They need rebuking. They need ringing up. They need encouragement all the time and uh, that's why it says as vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes so is a sluggard to those who send them mm. and the reason that sluggard is so irritating the reason he's like smoke in your eyes because you have you can't just leave him to get on with it mm. you give him a job he doesn't do it you've got to ring him encourage him the ant is so unlike that it does need a team and perhaps we'll come on to that later and there is a kind of hierarchy in the ant world but basically, it gets up and it does what its nature requires it to do. It makes wise decisions. It works hard without needing this constant management. Mm. And, um, and, and what it's do, doing here, particularly in this verse, is is thinking about the future. Yeah. yeah. So it's not the now. Yeah. I think the sluggard um, and is, is I, I feel tired, so I'll just lie, lie in. I don't want to finish the job, so I'll do it another time. Mm. He's going... On um, on his feelings and emotions mm. and, um, and on the now. Mm. The ant doesn't think, oh, do you know, I'll have a rest. The ant is thinking, hey, we need we need provision. Yeah. And the summer is where the harvest. Let's, yeah. let's get the Winter's harvest coming. Winter's yeah. coming. Yeah. And I've got to protect the queen. Mm. 
and the Queen needs uh, this. We've we've got to get on with it, lads. Mm. There's no. Uh, I'll have a lie in today mm. because they're thinking of the future, and and what you've got here is the sluggard is not thinking of the future. Mm. It's just thinking of the now, mm. and you know that is the world we're in. Mm. And I think I wonder whether something to do with the sluggard and the lazy person in Proverbs is not so much they don't start things, they don't finish. Mm. And if you think of the temptation um, of us today, you know, you start something, uh, you're doing an assignment if you're a young person at uni or something, uh, and then you look at your phone. Mm. Uh, you then start the assignment and then you look at your phone. Mm. You look at multimedia. You look at a YouTube clip. You get taken up with another YouTube clip because they start immediately. Mm. So you start a job and you don't finish it. Mm. And so at the end of the day, you've spent eight hours, nine hours doing your assignment and you've done three words. <laughs> I remember one bloke, you, you remember who he was. Um, uh, he, he, he would play football in goal for us but be chatting up the girls, and then the goal, a goal would go in. He wouldn't even know the ball had come. But he, he was the bloke that I remember he, he was writing up, I've done five words of my assignment. Then the next uh, thing was, done 15 words. Yeah. Next one, done 50 words. These Facebook yeah. spaces. Social media yeah, Social media He was updating <laughs> us about how many and words. And he was using more words, words in the statuses. Yeah, than in that's the a sluggard. Yeah. He's not thinking. He's wasting his time. Yeah. The ant would never do that mm. yeah that's right there's a there's a great um there's a great little um you know one of aesop's fables about about this um he was a greek you know myth, mythologist myth writer and he uh he wrote he, he told this story which is very similar to this about the grasshopper and the ant and there's the grasshopper sitting there in the middle of summer and he's sitting on top of a rock and he's chirping and singing and he's mm. having a lovely time and he's enjoying the weather and he sees the ant sweating gathering and collecting and laboring in the fields and he says and what are you doing you know come come up on the rock with me enjoy the sun sing my songs play my instruments you know let's enjoy life and then the ant says no i can't do that you know it's now is the harvest time i've mm. got to get it i need to take it to the colony winter's coming i have to work now mm. and the grasshopper's just laughing at him and then and then the winter comes and then the grasshopper is <laughs> frozen on the same rock and he's dying mm. and he sees the ant and he says to the ant oh will you will you share some of your share some of your harvest with me and uh, he says no you know you made your choice in summer i made my choice and now we've got to cope with it we've got plenty you've got nothing and uh, and the point of that parable is not it's fun to be ungenerous when mm. we see people suffering but that uh, the ant does the right thing at the right time. He stores up, he prepares for the future. He doesn't live in the now, just singing his own yeah. songs and playing his own instruments, thinking mm. the sun will shine forever. Yeah. The ant knows it's got a, it's got a you know, multi-year plan, hasn't it? It yeah. knows that tough times are coming and that in order to survive, it needs mm. to prepare. And I think that's a good lesson for Christians as well because the reality is that all of us at some stage are going to go through times of suffering and there will be winters mm. that we go through. And uh, whilst we're not in them, the wisest thing we can do is prepare for them. Mm. Uh, so we want to read good books and get good theology in us, listen to Christianity A to Z, you mm. know, and, and have, have, a, have, a, have a theology and prepare ourselves for difficult times. That's what the ant does. And that's why he doesn't just survive, but he can thrive um, because he's prepared for, for the future. So it's definitely a lesson there for us. Mm. And... And ultimately prepare for uh, eternity. Yeah. 
Mm. And uh, and and are we are we ready for the you know the time when we die and face our maker? Mm. You know what have we done with our life? Have we fl- frittered it away? Mm. Uh, you know on YouTube or whatever, mm. or, uh, or have we actually worked for hard for for the Lord? You know what what are, what are we mm-hmm. what are we putting into into the future in our minds, in our hearts, in our spiritual lives and. And all of that. So, I mean, these, these are on on so many multi levels. You 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 know, in in life, just just sort of any life, mm. but spiritual life as well. Are mm. you an ant or are you a sluggard? Yeah. yeah, it's interesting that that was a Greek mythological mm. story. Uh, so that's general revelation doing its job properly, isn't it? Because here's a guy, not a Christian, I imagine. Uh, interpreting a truth that God has set into the world for us to learn, mm. um, and Jesus also uses the word of har- the, the language of harvest, doesn't he? Mm. Um, so perhaps there's something there as well to think about. Then, if mm. now's the time of the harvest, yeah. and yeah. The, the ant works in the harvest time, yeah. um, we have to be aware what time we're in. This is this is yeah. not winter where we bunker down and eat in our comfort but we have to go out into the fields which are ripe and now is the time for that yeah absolutely yeah there's another proverb says a you know a disgraceful son sleeps during harvest um Mm. in other words it is as you say it's making the most of the gospel harvest that we live in this is the age of opportunity isn't it and the age of gathering and uh, when Christ returns, you know, the mission of the church in the world will be no more. Um, but for while he waits, you know, we can go out into the nations and see people gathered in to, to the Lord of the harvest. Hmm. Um, so the ant teaches us to do that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's the trouble is there's so many things you can learn from the ant. So consider its ways. I mean, that's a sort of endless task, isn't it? Um, I think the other thing about ants, which, which you always know instinctively is that they ne- they're never on their own so mm. whilst they work as individuals um, they are part of a team and so much so that um, in our conservatory we always at some point during the spring or the summer get ants in our conservatory and whenever I see the first one mm. I say to Laura Laura we've got ants in our conservatory even if I've only seen one yeah I know that there's more coming or yeah. there's going to be more because they always come as come as a pack um and that is part of what makes them such a successful strong creature is that although they've all got their own clearly defined roles they need the colony in fact they've got an incredibly complex way of communicating with each other they send chemical signals both to warn of danger and to point to sources of food and so they depend upon each other mm. um and that that again is such you know such a challenge to our culture we're radically individual aren't we mm. um, i mean re- ready for the enemy as well so i picked up um this summer i picked up a um you know a, a plant pot that obviously I didn't know had an ant colony underneath it. Mm. I picked it up, and there was probably a thousand, m- maybe many more, what little white eggs yeah. right on the surface. Oh, no. And so suddenly they think an enemy's happened yeah. because I've I've suddenly taken off mm. the pot. And I looked at it and I thought, this is extraordinary. I wonder how long it's going to take them to take those eggs down. Mm. And they were in yeah. immediately to <laughs> yeah. action. Yeah. And I'm not kidding you. It took a few minutes. And as I say, there was there must have been at least a thousand eggs, 
And it was a few minutes. It was mm. gone. It was extraordinary. Mm. They're, they're, they're like, lads, whoa! Yeah. And they're, they're, they're mm. carrying these mm. whacking eggs that were bigger than them yeah. down into the holes, down into the holes. Mm. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's a ready... That's the thing, isn't it? There's a readiness mm. about them, ready for action, mm. doing stuff, not just log, logging around. And they, they, they can't... They couldn't achieve what they're setting out to do without each other as well. That's also it, isn't it? The, the size of task is appropriate to the amount of ants that there are. They could never build the chasms and networks and incredible structures that they build um, or move the things that they move or, or clear a whole deck of eggs, you know, without working together. Um, and sometimes, I, I guess as Christians, the, the, the scope of the harvest ahead of us feels way too big for us to to think about but if we just pick up our little egg then you know the person next to us picks up their little egg and you encourage other brothers to pick up their egg suddenly you, you can you can achieve a whole lot more um it would be fantastic <clears throat> if church was like that wouldn't it yeah everyone pick up a chair and stack it <laughs> yeah because yeah. the, the job's done absolutely yeah. yeah but what often happens in churches is a few people doing everybody's job is you know Mm. doing too many jobs yeah i think it was rory uh, rory bell always he's uh, well i think he still does say and he's, he's good he said no one should have two jobs in the church until everyone has one yeah, yeah. and and that i mean it's idealistic mm. but it's a brilliant saying isn't mm. it yeah. yeah yeah absolutely um good stuff all right so i mean so so we've learned we can learn a lot about ourselves from the ant and how we ought to live and what the wise life looks like um but we can also learn learn about god and i guess in this series as we go through the animals uh we're going to want to see how they ultimately point us point us to jesus um and uh, that's certainly true with this ant so you know when you look at the ant uh once you read the whole bible story you see that in some ways going to the ant uh, means going on to the to, to Jesus himself mm. and uh, he because he embodied this wise hard-working life so he was not one who fell asleep during the time of opportunity you know he came to this earth and he went around he had this relentless schedule he did have to sleep he did have to pray he did have to take time out eat and all the rest of it but he's going from town to town, village to village, preaching the good news of the kingdom. Mm. And, uh, you know, often he says, doesn't he, I've got no time. I've got to go onto the villages and preach there too. Mm. And so he's, he, he knows that he's like the ant. This is, this is the age of opportunity. The Messiah has come to preach the kingdom and he goes, he goes about his work. So mm. going to the ant is to go to Jesus in a way, isn't it? Mm, yeah. 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 Other ways? We... He's the ant man. Yeah. <laughs> isn't there a... Ant Man. Oh yeah, Ant-Man. Marvel. Yeah, superhero Marvel. film. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus is Ant Man. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> makes himself very tiny. No, well, in, I suppose in, in a way he does. Well, he does, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, it actually, does. Do that. <laughs> it does yeah, hold yeah. up. Yeah, that's the incarnation. <laughs> Go back to A to Z. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, what was your question? Yeah, uh, no, I other? was just wanting to sort of uh, revel in how the these v- animals reveal What's the other Christ? verse in, in um, Proverbs about the ants? I think it's the same kind of thing. Actually. Oh, is it? It, yeah. it, it talks more thing. about his strength in, in chapter 30. Uh, it talks about how uh, it's small but mighty. Um, okay. And I suppose uh, I suppose that is Jesus, really, isn't it? it says, um, so it's chapter 30, verse 24. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Ants are creatures of little strength. Yet they store up their food in the summer. That's the same thing. Though, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just think, I just think, it's 
it is it is Jesus because he is this relentless he is this relentless worker. He was going on about his work all the time, you know. So he did yeah, say even when he was even when he was um, you know twelve and was in the temple. Yeah, learning. Uh, he's and he's doing his father's business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, you know, right at the end of his life, he says, "I have finished the work that you gave me to do. My yep. father is always working, and I am mm. too." Yeah, you know, there is this sort of sense of. He has come to do a job, and ultimately that work is going to be the work of the cross, mm. where he is going to give his life to redeem a people. Um, that's his great work, isn't it? And so he's not a sluggard. You know, he really, he really isn't. He's mm. not lazy and uh, just leaving it to other people. And oh, I can't do that, mm. making excuses. He's come with mm. a mission. He's not going to be distracted, and he's going to work until it's finished. Mm. Um, well, so, that is quite interesting because that is so. Op- I mean, as you were saying that, I was thinking how opposite that is to Buddha. Mm. The sort of image of Buddha is sitting yeah. under a tree, giving up on doing nothing. Yeah, he's a flipping great sluggard, yeah. isn't he, Buddha? Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas Jesus is completely active right mm. to the end until mm. it's finished, mm. and even then he comes back to to make sure his work is being done, and he's mm. looking at us and mm. uh, you know wanting us to get on with the work. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and Sorry, I'm just laughing at my thought now that I've just said Buddha is a flipping great <laughs> and I've said it again. He needs to go to the ant. Puts his hand in the dish. Yeah, before the t- yeah. back to the mouth. Well, it looks like he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, there we go. Well, I think that's uh, that's that's a good that's a good first episode. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we've looked at natural revelation, special revelation, and we've looked particularly at the ants and I uh, hope you're looking forward to this to this series that we're doing as I said cornerstonechurchkingston.org is the place to go for other resources and sermons in fact we have as a church um, been working our way through the book of Proverbs and uh, I preached a sermon all about the ant uh, recently so you can catch up with catch up with that in our in our catalogue sermons and uh, so do make the most of those other resources 